everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I'm joined by Hallie. Hallie, good morning. Good morning. It's a beautiful day on planet Earth. Yeah, you know I was going to say, well, it's <laughs> raining outside. I know you were. That's why it was kind of... Yeah, I actually love rainy days. I love ex- sunny days. Yes, there you go, right? It also gives you the ex- rainy days. I heard something the other day. They're like, oh, man, I actually hope it just rains on Sunday so I can just like watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it, it does make you feel less guilty. Yes, it does. Yeah. Especially right now where we're coming out of, you know, there's a season for everything. And mm-hmm. we're just coming out of winter, especially in Vermont, where it feels like winter has um, held on. I mean, yes. it snowed last week. It did. I mean, Quite we're, a bit, actually. I know. And there's still 57 inches to stake in the mountain right now. Actually, they were talking about this because it may be a potential issue with flooding because it's already oh, at 99. Sure, yeah. The lake is floods at 100. And it's already at 99 with so much snow. If we get really warm and a lot of rain, it could be it. So I know a lot of people are interested in that. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's, um, we want to do something really cool today. I um, uh, We've had this kind of in the, in the works for a little while where we wanted to do an episode um, where this serves as a framework. There's actually self-serving a little bit. Um, because I want my kids to hear this, but it's also a framework, which we thought, um, in fact, we were actually just going to do this potentially where just Hallie and I recorded it and it just kind of saved, but we said, Hey, you know what? People may like this as a framework or like the answers, or you may not, uh, either way we're going to do it. And so if you decide to listen to it, wonderful. And it's really about, um, uh, why I love my kids. And I think this could be extrapolated to, um, why you love your partner, why you love your your um, parents, why you love your coworkers, any of this stuff. And it's just a great framework where um, you kind of get an opportunity when people are asking you questions and you can do this as a journaling session, meaning that you could ask the questions to yourself and then answer it that way and save it. As most people know, I do a journal every day about each one of my kids. Um, and every, and it's funny cause they go back through there and look at it now as they're starting to get a little older and they look at the pictures that I pulled in there. I use Evernote. And so every morning I would say 99.5% of every day that I've been alive, I've journaled about my kids. So it's something that they, I do this for a couple of reasons. That they've been alive. Yeah. That they've been alive. Yes. That each one of them. <laughs> Since you've been alive. <laughs> no, Sorry, it's going to call you on. Exactly. Time. Thank you. And uh, it's really what it does is a couple things. Number one is it um, it's part of my routine, which gets me thinking about my kids in the morning. And also, I like to journal. People ask me all the time, like, what do you journal about your kids? I journal things that are different, things that they've said, things that they did the good, the bad, and the ugly, like what their decision-making is, like what they really liked, what they didn't like, how their personalities are shaping, just anything that would be kind of relevant for them to go back. And I do it, you know, it's a paragraph or less, right? It's not like I'm writing a book about them. Sometimes if there's a bigger event that's occurred, I kind of talk about it. And we certainly highlight larger events that have occurred, but it's really about the mundane day-to-day, like how are they living their life, right? And Because and, and, I don't know about you, maybe you do, I don't really remember what it was like at five, or six or seven. I have a few memories at like 10, maybe eight that were Mm. kind of stood out there. I remember starting at five, but you know why? Because my family was huge on doing home videos Mm. when that was like a big thing. And so uh, we have videos from when I was like four and and on. Yeah. And it, I mean, that was almost like my parents' way of journaling for, it's documenting, right? And that's what journaling is. I feel like to you to a certain degree, it's just documenting their life and and your thoughts about it and their yeah. thoughts about their growth. And but yeah, I remember I have a lot of memories and I started journaling when I was seven. Mm. So uh, maybe even younger. So I still have those journals. That's awesome. Yeah. How often do you ever go back and look at, listen? I haven't in a while. I'm almost like read. afraid to uh, actually, <laughs> but I have them and I've been contemplating going back. I don't know what, why I'm scared, but I actually have fear around reading them and I don't know mm. why <laughs> I've maybe, 
this is what comes to mind is that I, I may, it may be some like signs there of who I really was mm. or like what I really wanted out of life. And mm. maybe I may, I might not be living that. Yeah. And I think that that scares me. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's powerful to be able to admit that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should go read it. I know. Now I know. You're going to have to. Exactly. <laughs> we have to uh, maybe ask yeah, you questions about that Yeah, I kept a journal from seven until 21. Uh, Why'd you stop? Um, I think life got busy mm. for me. I stopped right when um, Bill, my husband, broke up with me. Oh. Um, and so I didn't I know to, he broke up with you. Mm-hmm, we broke up for like two months two years into our relationship yeah. and then he called me crying and saying, I can't live without you. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. we've been together for 18 years now, yeah. so it obviously worked out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think life started getting busy. I started getting my first real job. I had mm. just graduated from yeah. college. Um, Bill and I had gotten back together, so I didn't have all these emotions that I needed to write yeah. about. So yeah, I kind of stopped. Maybe you should get back into it. I know. I, I catalyst for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sharon. Yeah, you know, so the, the point is we're going to jump in and just kind of ask some questions and use this as a framework. And, and maybe you should do this with your kids, too, especially if you have them. I think it's one of the look, you never know when you're going to die. We talk about death a lot in this podcast um, or I just talk about it generally a lot. Uh, you know, I think there's like 10,000 people approximately per day die in the U.S. alone. Um, you know, what is that? If there's, you know, it's extrapolated. It's probably 100,000 people a day. I don't know the exact stat, but given how many people are in the U.S. versus other places, it's a lot, right? So you just don't know when. And it happens to everybody, young, middle, old, right? It just does. And so I, you don't want to, for me, it's always about, I never wanted them to not know how I felt about them, which is one of the reasons why the journal and also was kind of a reflection of their life so they can go back and kind of, I don't know how the information will be useful, but it's, it's readily available. I also... I was saying before, use it as a way to stay present with my kids the day before, because it helps me think about something that I am going to journal about or make a note about when then I take up my phone, I snap a photo of it purely for the essence of pulling that photo into their, the Evernote because it holds photos as well. So they have this photo picture of all those things. Even yesterday, actually, it's funny, we're doing this yesterday, we were sitting at the table and they were going through and looking at all their birth pictures. Like they're oh. just all in there and they're like, let's see Asher, right? And I have videos of the whole thing kind of, and most people do, but it's all in an easy collected and you can search for it. It, right. Yeah, that's so you can awesome. search for like, you know, if there's 3000 journaling, you can say like, you know, um, first word and you can search for it, it pulls it up. Right. And so like you can easily, it's an archive of collection of their lives yeah. that they can access yeah, for it. So awesome. All right. So let's jump in. Okay. So, well, what do you love the most about your, well, first of all, maybe share, remind people who yes. your children are yes, that's a good and point. where they're yeah. at in their yeah. life. So I have a 10 year old Sienna. I have an eight year old Asher and a five year old Maddie. Okay. So what do you love the most about each of them? So I think, um, you know, Sienna is, I'll just start with her. You know, she has this amazing ability to connect with people. She has, um, she always has a tremendous amount of spark in her energy, meaning that she wants to um, she actually wants to be part of the conversation at all times. Mm-hmm. She wants to bring her energy into the conversation at all times. She wants to um, help facilitate the conversation at all times. Um, she has an incredibly huge heart. Um, and and I, I say that, I think all of my kids have an incredibly huge heart, but it, it shows up, I think their huge heart and each person shows up differently. And I think for her, it um, it is a... Uh, 
she like she still comes up and gives me like the biggest hugs and just will hold me, close her eyes and hug. You ever notice too, I've asked our CEOs this too, you know, when you're giving somebody a hug, you actually close your eyes naturally. And it's because what you're really looking for is the inside feeling. And if you close your eyes, you have a better, you're not distracted by something outside of the feeling that's happening inside. But anyway, she comes up and gives like the biggest hugs or like, uh, you know, even before bed, I usually tuck Asher in and Sarah tucks in. Sienna, she always comes in the Asher's room because I'm always there. Gives me a hug, gives me a kiss. And like, it's a long hug, long kiss, like just really showing her like how much she cares about you and always says, I love you. And it's kind of, is always willing to share that way. So she's got this, this amazing temperament about her that is very caring, um, very artistic like, uh, and, and really wants to bring her heart into what she's doing. Um, and it shows, I mean, you can, you can see it. She's, she's very, this is another thing I love about her too, is that she's very, um, she stands up for herself, but not in an ego way, not like I'm in a better way. She stands up for, you know, like they, there's some two kids that were, you know, that were fighting at school today and, and, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to get me to take sides. And I just looked at them and told them that, you know, I like you both. And so I'm not going to take a side. And I walked away until you could figure it out. Mm. And I was like, what a great way to handle that. Yeah. And she did it with such ease and just having, you know, she goes and talks to teachers with ease and the teachers report back of just like, you know, the way Sienna carries herself, she's such a strong woman. So that's what I really love about her. Asher, um, is like the most sensitive. <laughs> he just is like, I just love the little guy, right? He's the most sensitive, um, and he, he wants to be me, even though I keep reminding him to be him. Um, but he naturally, uh, wants to, wants to be me. I love, he has an incredible, uh, sensitivity to his heart, which is, he loves to keep that open. Um, he loves the, uh, he's still very cuddly and he's eight. Right. And so I don't really know what, what people go both ways that way. Um, but he is, uh, he loves to, he loves sports. He loves interaction. What I love about him too, is that he, loves to he loves to put himself in situations and try to figure it out mm-hmm. right like he loves to just jump into it like he loves playing with the older kids he loves spirituality he loves i mean he's kids asked about doing past life regression so we had him do one he loves um like thinking about it, it you know what the really cool part about any and i think most people would agree if they have kids is at night when i'm tucking my kids in they ask like the most real questions and he asks some of the deepest questions that are in life. Like, Hey dad, you know, where do you go when you die? Like he's asked that really early on or like, Hey, what is it like to be in heaven or, you know, what is heaven or what is it? Do you think in past lives, what does that look like for you? And you know, what's that voice in your head? Remember, I think we talked about that a long time ago in our mm-hmm. podcast. He was one of the first, he's like, yeah, I have this voice in my head. I'm like, yeah, yes, he you was do. Young, he's really like, young. Yeah. He was like five when that started happening. So he was really Big into that. He's also got a very, um, he loves to do things for other people. Um, though his ego does get in the way of that sometimes. Um, and he wants what he wants, but that's for all of my kids right now. They're still working through that. Um, but I love the fact that he's willing to share. I love the fact that he wants to jump into life. I also love the fact that he's very him. So he's like, and it was similar to me when I was growing up, my mom used to say like, I would just disappear. And it's kind of funny because I just do that now still, right? She's like, yeah. you'd be around and like, we'd look around and be like, where'd Adam go? And he just, I was just in bed. I tucked myself in and went to bed. Uh, Asher's very clear. Like when he's done with something, he's just done. He doesn't do it in a way of like, watch me go. He just leaves. He's like, hey, it's time to go, right? It's time to go. Um, he'd do that with bed no matter what as well too, which is kind of interesting. Um, I also love his, um, I love his spirit energy that he has. He just has a very wonderful um, kind of tone about him. He doesn't actually care what people think. 
like he and he's really willing to be himself like his hair the way he kind of uses it um he loves having things but like not things and material things what he does but let's he he loves being him and then kind of bringing it and he expresses himself yes he does that's a good way of saying it he just really loves to express himself um however it is actually all my kids tend to do but um he really loves to do that in a different way i guess Mm -hmm. Um, and i love that about him Uh, and i love the fact that he loves some of my sports too so yeah yeah, he's like your little buddy (laughs) exactly (laughs) i love that we get to ski together and do things like that and 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 have fun that way Uh, and the fact that he still snuggles with me and he's still he's he's still very much a dad's son right now um and maddie uh uh is my uh is my gypsy soul right she is a (laughs) she's a wildfire of energy uh she is she's the most caring person but also the most fierce person that i've ever met if i if those two can go hand in hand she will do anything for you like maddie or asher and sienna use maddie all the time they're like laying in bed watching movie like maddie can you go get ice cream? sure i'll go get it for you she does it but the minute she doesn't want to do something. There is zero convincing that girl of doing anything she doesn't ever want to do. Whereas Sienna and Asher, Sienna, I can convince because she wants to bring her own energy to like any experience that's there. Asher, it can kind of go either way. Maddie, it's zero. Like, I mean, I'm <laughs> kidding you. Like, I mean, it is like if she doesn't want to do something, she will not do it. And there's, and she, you ever, you know, those people that, like, when they say it, there's, there's, there's no way of convincing them otherwise. Yes, um, I, I yeah, know, no, you I know are. It's very, like exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually very similar to you, I guess, in that way that you're very caring at the same way. You're also very fierce to protect what it is that you want to do when and you want to do it. Yeah. And value. Exactly. Yeah. And she's very, very much like that. Um, she is not in any sports, which is kind of interesting in itself. Um, though she is probably the most naturally athletic in our family. And, uh, she is like the other day we went up there like a year ago, we ran up a mountain and like, I, I'm, tr- I, like, I train a lot and she was keeping up with me running up this mountain. She wasn't even, and actually she wasn't even like breathing hard. Her natural ability level uh, for athletics is, is through the charts, but she has no interest in doing it right now. She'll play, she'll do stuff. She jumps trampoline with us. She plays, she swims, she plays lacrosse. I'm like, Hey, you want to do it? And, and uh, I'm trying to get her to play lacrosse cause she's so fast and tenacious. I actually tell this story about her too. She actually, um, she was, we had a little pit set up in our basement and Asher and her won the wrestle. And so this would give you kind of an example of all three of the kids and what I love about them um, and their, and their kind of personality, if you will, a little bit, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, Sienna and Asher will, and Sienna is much bigger than Asher, um, though Asher is coming into it. But Sienna and Asher will, will kind of wrestle and Sienna's laughing the whole time, not trying to hurt him, but trying to pin him and trying to win, but not trying to hurt him. Asher's trying to let go as hard, pretty hard, but you know, it's still kind of joking around. And then Sienna, again, Sienna kind of just doesn't want to hurt him, but wants to win kind of like that whole interaction. And by the way, Sienna loves to like, like touch, touches her thing. I was right? going to say, that must be her it's love really language. really big into a touch love language, right? It's very big for her. Maddie's is not at all. Like she will... It took her a lot, like she still for her grandparents. She does not go to them. She won't even give them a hug. Like, like you know, you go to your kids and they're done. Like, hey, go give your grandparents. Such no, <laughs> just like, and everyone's like, okay, like she's just not gonna do it, right? Yeah. Whereas Sienna and Asher will go do it, even if we if they didn't. Sienna will go just go do it without being asked. Right. Asher will do it the minute like he recognizes the thing to do. Maddie just won't. Like it just won't. So anyway, Sienna and Asher uh, were fighting and they do it. And Maddie's like, I want to fight Asher. And she said it like that. And Asher's like, I'm gonna kick your butt, Maddie. So I was like, okay. And we, we set this up and we let him go. And Maddie turned a switch. Like, I'm not even kidding you. She's like, so tiny. Too. So tiny and so like 
ver- like like a raptorsaurus. Like she's like a T Rex. She went so hard, so fast, so quick that she took Asher down. And she is skinny and five, and Asher is almost is eight and much much stronger than she. And he took her, down. and he was like, "Oh my God, Matt! I can't believe how hard you go." And she, I had to separate him because she started kicking and punching. <laughs> Like as hard as you could to try to win the thing. And it was like, oh she God. switched to win. And I'm like, we're not doing this anymore. Maddie's like, I want to do this. I'm like, no, we're not doing this anymore. But it kind of gives you. Maybe she'll be into martial arts I don't or know, something. she could. But she just, she goes so hard, so strong into whatever it is. I think it's that same, you know, that's why I, I love about her. Like that's the same thing. Like when she goes so strong into her convictions too. Mm-mm. And her values, right? That's why she kind of, she's like, no, it's no, it's, it's all, it's no. Um, you can convince her, um, or if she comes to her own conclusions of it, she, she does that as well too. Um, but those are, th- those are things I think I, I love most about all of my kids. And I love them. They sometimes Asher asked me questions like, who do you love more? Right, dad? And I said, well, I love you all equally, unconditionally, equally. And that's a big one. And I explain what unconditional love means to them all the time. Right. Which is like, uh, I love you no matter what you'll ever do. I may not agree with what you do. There may be consequences that are outside of my control of what you do, but I'll always love you for no matter what you do. It's irrelevant to me, whatever you do in life. And I just want to be clear on that. And I'll always love you whatever step you take. However, there are consequences for things that you do, particularly when you're under 18. And there are consequences which are different than withholding love. And so I really explain that a lot to him, which is there's unconditional love, which is what your mom and I have for you. Right. And then there's consequences those are two totally different under things. So I really want you to understand the difference between both of those and what that actually means. Unconditional love doesn't mean you allow your kids to do everything. Right, it just right. means that you always love them regardless of what they do. You just, there may be consequences. There may be, you know, cause they'd be like, Oh, you love me if I went and robbed the bank. And I'm like, I would still love you if you robbed the bank. There would be consequences that if you're robbing a bank, like you may go to jail and serve there, but I would love you in jail. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just say, yeah, I was going to say, do they, do they understand? But if, if you've given those examples, yes, I'm exactly, sure they, exactly. They, cause they always yeah. say they're like, Oh, if I just punched Maddie right now, you still love me. They kind of like play that joke. Yeah. In the scene. Like, they're yeah, kind of, of testing what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I would still love you. However, you would be, there would be consequences for that action because it's not the right way. It's not morally the way that we want to raise you guys. And so, um, I think we also have that conversation quite frequently in our household about like unconditional love versus consequences. So they mm-hmm. understand the difference. Actually, while we're talking this way before I forget this, people ask me about, um, how I, uh, we'll get into spirituality and those things and personal growth, but also about consequences. I don't actually put my kids in timeout. I, I was actually going to just ask you, do you ground, ground yeah, your kids so or time out or like, what's the consequence? 90% of the time we don't. There are times where like, it's the best thing for them because I'm starting to become unglued or Sarah's starting to become unglued. And the best thing is to actually to separate it. We really, we try to avoid that. And this is what I do. I always say, I want you to walk upstairs and you stay in your room as long as you need to. That just means you walk upstairs and you come back down then you do. But I want you to go upstairs and I want you to come down when you're ready. And I'm not, there's no timeout. There's nothing you're going to lose, but I want you to go upstairs and I want you to take a deep breath center yourself, gain some clarity around the situation and come back down as soon as you're ready. And it's funny because they know that now. And so sometimes even this happened there like two weeks ago, I, this was happening with Ash and I said, Ash, he's like, I, no, I'm good. I go, no, you need to go upstairs. We'll go upstairs and come down as soon as you're ready. So he's like, I'm going to find, I'm going to walk up there and you know, with an attitude, right? I'm going to walk up there and come right back down. I said, that's your choice if you're ready. So he walks upstairs. The funny thing is, is he comes down. He's a totally different person. Mm. I mean, he literally was gone for 60 seconds. Yeah. And we had a friend staying with us and she was like, wow, that was, that really worked, didn't it? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they, cause they need to learn. They're not, I can't, people are going to ground them in life. Right. Like it's like we, we, 
they go to jail. They, well, yes, they can. I mean, yes. Like, well, the consequences. Really, but right, but I mean, like, yeah. for things that they were doing, they're not, not going to go to jail for because right, they're right. not wrong. They just need to learn how to, for themselves, center themselves to actually understand what they're doing because they're just unconscious when they're doing that. So I want to give my kids tools to be able to use this for yourself. So, I mean, I, I like that technique definitely I mean to me it's a it is a form of timeout but it's not a it's not as forced or structured yeah it gives them more control over the situation um but like they're still young so it's hard to say like what you would do if they did something I don't know like if they were stole drink, money yeah or drinking underage yeah. or if that's something that you're not okay with right like because yeah. everyone's different um I mean there's the law and then there's you know <laughs> yes, how parents exactly, yeah. deal with it yeah um but like what would the consequences be? Yeah. I don't really answer that until the, I understood what it was. My, yeah. we do have that conversation yeah. around drugs and alcohol. And I said, Hey, if you ever want to do a drug or you ever want to do alcohol and you're ever considering it, you can come to, I, this is how I said it. If you're ever going to do drugs, which you will be offered. And if you ever want to do drugs or do, uh, and they're always like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, you say that now. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you a fair warning. You, there will be times to be tempted to want to do these different things in your life. And I said, here's the deal. I said, I'm going to let you make this decision, whatever you want to do. But I want you to first come talk to me about what you're actually thinking about doing. And then if you want to go do it, I'll never ground you. Yeah. I, and I don't know how that's going to work yet. So I say yeah, that people yeah. go, oh, that's not going to work for kids. Now, maybe if they're, if they're overdosing, it's actually like a threat to their life or whatever, those right, things, that's, that's different. different. Yeah. But right now, Sometimes that's it's just born out of curiosity yes. though. And, and, and I mean, whether you agree with this or not, I, I know that some parents have just said, if you've ever wanted, if you ever want to try a beer, yeah, do it with me. Let right? me yes. know yes. and we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. You're probably, it's not going to be that great. Yeah. <laughs> as great as you think it's going to be. And then. Yeah. That you get that out of your system. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, look, here's the thing with parenting is you're all going to screw up and you're all going to do it right. So just do your own screw up and do your own right, right? Just try to figure out the best way. I think you can't go wrong if you unconditionally love your kids. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting your identity in yourself, in your kids, and you're not trying to convince them to relive yourself through them or hold on to a particular moment with them, then you are allowing them to be authentically themselves, which is really what I want to train my kids to train. I want to grow or teach, teach. my kids mm-hmm. to really be is to be authentically them and to show up every day with an open heart um, and never close that. But I, I think that goes back to like, that's, that's what we kind of do for it. We have that drug conversation because they're 10 and eight, right there. I mean, there's, yeah. they're there on that, on that cusp and they're asking about it. So I want to make sure, and we don't, we don't, it's funny because even as a family, we don't, there's certain things that like my parents never talked about. Yeah. Like yeah, just things that were just like, like, what you know, whether it was uncomfortable or a weird word or whatever it was, we just go right there and make it not uncomfortable for them. So regardless of whatever that is, like we just have the real conversation of what that looks like. And sometimes it, I could, it, it feels uncomfortable to me or it feels comfortable to Sarah and I can feel that, but then we talk about it and then it's not uncomfortable anymore. So then it's not like a, it's just, it is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Like just what that, what that looks like. And, um, and so I think if you just cut for us that we just try to bring the real conversation. We don't try to dance around like, Oh, you're not old enough to understand that. Or, you know, you, um, you know, let's talk about that later on. And like, it's like, no, if they're asking about it, then this is me Give for them my an kids right? right Yes, now that they can exactly work with. So like, that's real because I think they're, I think kids can handle a lot more than people realize and they're ingesting and this is like, they're very vulnerable. So I want to, if you want to teach kids to be authentic, then if they ask you a question, be authentic about it. Right. Did you consciously choose to, to raise your kids that way or teach your 
kids that way or is it or did you is it unconscious because you weren't raised that way I'm just curious how that came about um i don't know if i give it much thought i just I show up the way I show up. Right, um, right. and I think that we, um, we're in alignment most of the time. Sarah and I are both on this in terms of like what health looks like for our family. Like what are, you know, what are, you know, the rules around even like iPads and all those things, which is by the way, so it's so hard being a parent now because there's so many different rules. Like we're, you know, you know, you're on vacation with people you're on, you know, you have, they, they have, they go to friends sleepovers now that COVID's over. Uh, well over it's, it's not in, it's, people are allowed to like socialize a lot more and all those different things that are there. Um, and, uh, and like they're going over there like, Oh, well, you know, uh, Hallie has their iPad for four hours and can eat whatever they want. And I'm like, well, that's wonderful. That's their, and we just, you got to have those conversations and you got to be able to stick to it. And I'm like, there's people that have no iPads. Um, so we, we've limited our kids for people ask me all the time this. And I'm like, they allowed an hour on their electronics. That's TV. That's their iPad whatever that is for Monday through Thursday. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they're allowed two hours. Um, and we have what's called no rule Friday. So on Fridays they can watch their iPad while we eat, they can have dessert that night. So they kind of, we have this little tradition that we have no rule Fridays, which they can, they, they look forward to it. Cause then they say, well, I can't eat during dinner. I'm like, no, you can have Fridays, right? It's just like the thing that we do. And, um, do they go crazy on Friday or are they, are they pretty, do they tend to follow some of the other structure that's already been put in place? For the I think the they week? tend to follow it a lot more than people think they do. Yeah. And so it's just, it's the habit, but they like watching their iPads. It's funny because sometimes if we're having a good conversation, they just shut off right. and have it. They don't even think about it. It's more times when we're maybe Sarah and I are less disengaged or more disengaged and not really into that. Then they will go and watch their iPad during it or they get extra time on Friday afternoon or whatever that is. Um, Particularly in the winter when it's dark out, they tend to watch that more. But right now, that's it's more of like you know they're they're outside a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but those are kind of like the rules that we kind of are, you know like values of it. Really, it's if you kind of look at it like a holistic viewpoint of like a parenting, which for us is like we want to teach our kids to be adults, and we want to start treating them like adults really early on. Uh, and that means like you know allowing them to 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 make their own decisions. You know, authorship is ownership. Right. And so it's like, how do you get them to commit to their own actions and decide for themselves? Because they don't teach decision making in schools. Right. I know, and, or how to think or how to think. Right. Yeah. They just teach you to copy. Right. Or to um, I don't mean copy like somebody's exam. I mean, like learn material, like understand recite it and then it. recite it. Right. Yeah. Memorization um, instead of actually how to make decisions. And so we want we we're clear growing up that like, yes, we want to be weird. My kids is like kids all the time says they're like that. You're really weird. I'm like, yeah, I love being weird. And I said, you don't want to be ordinary. I said, I want you to be weird in your own way. I said, look, Asher's super weird. You're super weird. Everyone's weird. Everybody is. They just are. And this goes for anybody listening to this. You're just all weird. <laughs> it's a weird experience. Going through school is a really weird experience. Going through high school is a trip. <laughs> it just is, isn't it? Like, it's just a yeah, so weird I never, I never thing. That, but. It's just a, it's just a weird time. Yeah. So again, just be weird uh, for whatever it is. Want another, another yeah, question? Skipping. Okay. Um, this I'm just kind of curious about what annoys or frustrates you yeah. about each child. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'd say for uh, Asher, it's he um, he gets very whiny when he doesn't get what he wants, and um, it, he's relentlessly whiny. Like he won't stop 
with it. And it's that voice of just like, I want what I want when I want what I want to get it. Um, and that, uh, that bothers both of us. Or the other thing that both him and Sienna do, which is like, um, try to like if my phone's in my pocket they come and try to take it or if i'm in the middle of a work thing they'll try to grab my phone um i put my phone away when we're actually having family time this is like on non family time or if i'm just trying to maybe look something up for sarah or for both of us they'll grab the phone like let me do it let me do it and they just grab it out of your hands um that's quite annoying um (laughs) but uh i think those are those are pretty much the main things which is just for asher it's just really he gets he gets really whiny when he doesn't get what he wants and that bothers me it doesn't bother me to the point where it it, it throws me off, but Triggers. I like to have oh, conversations. Yeah. And as an example of this, I may even share this before. There, when he was sick um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so ago, he was like, he started using like, why me? Like in that whiny voice, like, why is this happening to me? And I go, hold on, dude. I said, you're sounding like a victim. You're whining about a situation. Yes, you're sick. We understand that. You can accept that. So you have two choices. You can suffer listening to that voice about why you, or you can accept the fact that you're sick and have a little bit of peace while you're going through, look, there's a season for everything. Right. And so he, he actually, the minute I said that he kind of, he literally just, he recognized the truth in it. Now he wasn't like saying anything profound afterwards. He wasn't perfect afterwards, but he re- you could see it in him going like, yeah, I guess I did suffer every time I just saying, why me, why me? And so mm. when we, whenever he doesn't get what he wants, I go, dude, you understand when you're not getting what you want and you're wanting, you're the only one suffering right now. He's like, fine, I'll suffer. But like he said, maybe you a little. Yeah. Well, and we are too. Like, it's just, there's no question about that in the actual totality yeah. of the human experience. <laughs> right. You're not, right? Yeah. For what it is. Um, for Sienna, it's, uh, why noise about her? <laughs> for her, she is, um, she wants to be so much involved in, with everybody that she inserts herself into everything, including her whole body. Like she is clumsy in a funny way, but not funny way. Like she's like, like she will knock something out of your hand. She's like, well, I didn't mean to that. And, and over time, over years, we're like, we understand you didn't mean to, but you still didn't pay attention to the fact that you were moving your arms like this and somebody's behind you. Or the fact that you were, you know, like you're, you're tipping over your chair and like it fell over. I didn't mean to. Well, at some point, like you, I know you didn't want that outcome to occur, but you're still the one doing those things. So she's always, or she steps on your feet or she will, um, you know, like you'll be talking and she'll interrupt you. Right. And, yeah. and she's like, well, I didn't mean to. I'm like, well, you, she's like, I said something to share. <laughs> so she does that a lot, which is, which is kind of funny. Um, uh, Maddie, um, I to think about what, what annoys me about her it frustrates, frustrates. Yeah. um, you know, I, I, I think part of it is that she gets so convicted that sometimes she doesn't open up for, um, something that could be, she's, she closes her mind down to it. So she doesn't, she doesn't ultimately see that it's actually the conversation could probably help her or benefit her. And she closes down to it and the answer is no. And it's no, and it's kind of funny sometimes, but it's kind of not in other times. Mm. Like she's just like, I'm not going to do that. And she will hold tight when she's probably better served, not holding so tight to that because it's actually better. And then the next day or she'll do it. She'd be like, I'll be like, Hey, how come you're fighting that so much? She's like, yeah, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. do it. And so I think she needs to be a little bit more open to that conversation, which we're working on with her. Um, what is the most important thing that you feel like you've taught your kids so far? I know you've mentioned a couple of things. Yeah. I think overall, um, as we, we, we hit on the unconditional love piece, but I also think, um, you know, we, we 
teaching my kids to not particularly go out and find something in life that they're really excited or passionate about. Now people hear that and they're going to go, well, what the hell? Like, why wouldn't they? This, well, it sounds beautiful. I get the questions beautiful, but I want to teach my kids is why not just be excited and passionate about everything? Why not be excited and passionate about life? Because then you don't limit yourself. And that's really one of the things that we, as they're getting a little bit older, that we can really work on with them. Basically, like why limit what turns you on, makes you feel good, right? To certain things that have to happen versus why don't just allow life to turn you on? Why not just actually be passionate about life? Then there's no more of like, I can only be passionate on this because then you set yourself up for suffering. So you're really trying to teach my kids that life in, in itself is the experience, Life is not something you try to get anything or try to find your passion from life, right? What you're doing is if you are, here's the thing that, that people need to understand is if you actually are passionate for life, you find what you should be doing. <laughs> it's like you naturally get there. And so, um, in, in, in it's not that like, we don't ask them what they want to do. It's not that we don't encourage them to try new things. We certainly do. Right. And it's not, and I get the, the fundamental question, like trying to find something that makes you joy, joyful and happy. Absolutely. It's a beautiful question. I just ask it a little bit differently, which is, which is why can't you just be happy and joyful with everything? Then find something that you enjoy doing a little bit more in the human world. Right. There's nothing wrong with having that preference as long as there's no attachment to it. But right now, I just want to be very careful that they don't become attached to an outcome that they need to be something in order to feel a certain way. I just want you to feel the feeling first and then go bring your whole self to whatever it is that you do. Okay. And I actually have this entire conversation. Yeah, with them. yeah. I was going to argue with you on something, but then I was like, okay, actually, I'm good with that explanation. Well, and it's like literally exactly what I said right there is exactly what I'll say to my kids. And they actually yeah. seem to get it. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I'm, that's awesome that they do. And uh, well, look, that. You know, it's funny because when you're, when you're parenting, like you say a bunch of things and you don't think they're registering at all. And then like a month later, like the teacher or somebody else will say it or them like I, I, I do recess on Fridays with all three of my kids. So I get to watch them interact and I'll see how they handle the situation or a teacher will tell us like, hey, you know, Asher brought up this uh, this wonderful way like a kid was was fighting in his class. And he said, you know, why don't you just, you know, why don't you have an open heart? She's like, that was just the nicest thing that he said. And so like, you know that they're getting remnants of this and it's kind of in there. And so I just keep over and over and over again, treating like, and having that same adult level conversation that I would have to anybody because, um, I I think it's, I think it's important to do. And and again, so that's, that's one of the really big things that we try to instill generally speaking and all the things we do in life, which is, which is that. And the second thing is just to, um, to not close right? It's hard to open. We, we have this conversation, which is it's hard to open your heart because you don't really know what opens it. Like there's certain things outside can, but why not just keep it open? It kind of goes in the same line that's there as well too. Um, and that, I mean, I think that's really, that's if the, if you could ask me a variety of variations of that question, I'd come back to the same answer, mm-hmm. which is, which is really for anybody, right? It's just going and, and answering the question of is, you know, what do you want to do with your life? How do you find your passion? I just ask it differently, which is why not just go be passion, be joy for everything. And again, there's a season for everything. That's why, I mean, you know, in business there's seasons, right? There's fire, you know, you, there's fires that happen that, you know, that are not man-made, right. That come in there and they, 
they they remove old growth to allow new forests to emerge and different things and seasons go and businesses go up and down and in cycles in business right is very Taoist right when 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 markets get cleared out they're they clear out inefficiencies or weight and they become and they innovate better because they need to and the same thing with your life there's seasons of being really healthy there's seasons of being sick there's season all that stuff that just comes into play so again the the starting position is just, just if you can bring that joy and that peace, that openness, right? You can always accept the situation. Not only anybody is like looking to be sick, but you will be. I don't know anybody that, that I've ever talked to has never not been sick, right? So it's just part of life, right? Or has never not felt an emotion. That's the thing. We talk a lot about early, early on what that voice in your head is. And we've actually had them like identify, they've named that voice so that they understand when that voice comes in there, that's not them. That that voice is just there talking. Because um, nobody talks about that uh, at all. Like when there's not like a kindergarten class that says like, you know that voice in your head? It's not you, right? And so we really, really focus on um, uh, being open and understanding that, that that mind, that voice, that self-concept that you've created, the collection of thoughts um, that you're putting your weight in is actually not real. And that's just a voice. And they and it's funny because kids can see it so clearly. Like, yeah, I, there is a voice in my head, dad. And they're so innocent the way they say it. I'm like, make it say Apple. And they're like, I made it say Apple. I'm like, well, then who made it say it? And, uh, and so again, we just, we, we kind of really kind of separate that up. Then they can go be the president or be a school teacher or, you know, be an instructor for yoga or whatever, or an artist, whatever they want to do. The, the world's a canvas and just go paint. I, I know this is almost a little counter to what we were just talking about, about finding your, you know, not going in search of your purpose or passion, but I am curious, are they... Yeah. Is there something that they want to be when they grow up right now? Is Are they starting to lean towards, you know, certain things? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's a, I'm glad you brought that up just so I can clarify there. I think once you're, you're bring that peace and contentment and, and, and acceptance and kind of gratitude for life, th- you have a nature, right? There is a nature, there's a natural path that you'll go down, right? Just there is. So I think the, actually the clearer you are, the clearer your path becomes, and so absolutely there's things that you're going to gravitate to because of your nature. And so it's not that they're not out there going, it, it, you know what it is? It's just, there's not a commotion that's being created in the mind of trying to go do something. Right. It's just a more of a natural flow of going in this direction because it's more natural. It's like when people have that visceral aha moment in their life, they go, oh my God, I said this visceral contact with what I need to be doing. Yeah. What, that's what I'm talking about. So when they, when they bring that and they go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, well, I definitely want you to answer that question because I do think that it, it's interesting because I, I often think that what we do think as a child of what we want to do is more, probably this is, is exactly way more right. in alignment. And then we get yes. all messed up as we get older. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, we look back and that's some like sometimes in my journals yeah. or whatever. Right. And we were talking about in the beginning, you look back and you're like, oh, that was actually what I, what I really natural thing wanted to do. To do. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause we all have a Dharma. We all have a, a, a job. Look, we're interacting with life. Life's asking you to do something. And I think when you're early in your child, you kind of recognize that you're like, Hey man, I love to be in business to whatever that looks like. Or I'd love to, I love to draw or help interact with people. I love to create things like Asher loves creating things with his hands and mm-hmm. making things right. You know, Maddie loves like fashion. Like she's just like, she's <laughs> just the funniest thing ever. Um, we were coming out of the pool one day and we're going there. I'm like, yeah, we're going directly to dinner. And she, she's like, 
oh, we can't go to dinner. I'm like, why? She's like, I can't go there looking like this. And it was like, just the, we, we just laughed and, and she's like, I need a brush. I need a brush. And we just died. Just, <laughs> and we just kind of let her go with, with that. And again, so it's, it's, yeah. So like there is, you're absolutely right. When you're more in that natural curious state, there's a pull to go to a direction. Right. And so that could be, and I feel like you don't have a lot of societal pressure yes, there's not, yet on you or so how much money you need to make from it, right, how that's going to really identify you understand fully what that means. Yeah. 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 Or how that's going to affect your ego or affect right. your identity or how other people are going to think about like, just right. said what you said, right? Yeah. Like societal yeah. pressures. Yeah. What? Okay. So do they have anything? You know, I think, uh, Asher really wants to be in business. Of course. Now I, I, I say <laughs> that because, and so I, I go back and forth with this because I'm like, yeah. is it because he wants to be in business because I'm in business, but I will tell you, he never naturally actually he does naturally yeah you know, like yeah. he he really is he's like when he was four, he started selling things. Like he was literally one of the, like, how can I make money? How can I build this? How can I, add, how can I bring this? Can I go sell it at Project U? Can I go to your office at a school today so I could go create a shop and sell some bracelets? Like, yeah, that's right. He's way beyond just trying to follow me. Now I could be wrong. It could be because he really wants to. I don't know. I guess we'll find out from there and I kind of let that part go. But he seems very inclined naturally without really inner, I'm, I could do this subconsciously, so I'm not hundred percent, but I try to be very clear of like, don't do what I do unless that is something that you really want to do. Um, I don't always say it exactly like mm-hmm. that, but whatever we try to find there. So anyways, natural Asher goes there. Sienna will be something to do with like artistic or design or, um, uh, something to do with like, she loves even like, like painting, um, or I could see her like even like doing like interior design of some sort. Um, or, you know, um, um, something to do where she can be expressive. Mm. Like and I was going to say people. Yeah, people? expressive outwardly. Like, yeah, like, yeah, with people or whatever that is. Something to do, something along those lines. Just very outwardly expressive around people, gregarious, fulfilling her, her, her way with, like, you know, helping, um, you know, even like a nurse or something. Like something, it could be any of those things. Artist to a nurse, something that's just very expressive of supporting other people. Is she being starting to say anything about, like, this is what I want to do? Um, Not really. They, uh they she hasn't really she I mean, she maybe she's mentioned like she loves to um loves to paint or she loves crafts yeah like oh, all yeah. like really loves putting crafts together so something along those lines um maddie is still five so she hasn't you know much but is probably more like fashion and makeup like in that expressive way um and so i'm really trying to make sure she if she leans into that that like she's not leaning in it for an identity um because that, for any of those things you can you can attach that pretty well but she's just she Whereas like CNN and Asher were not like Maddie, Maddie, so they don't do that. But Maddie, like at three was like, I want a different outfit. Like she just was very, like she, it was very different with yeah. her. Like that's she was, so she was the one who just wanted to dress up. Always had to wear, like would wear the same thing. Cause it looked really good. Make sure her hair was the same. Like she just wanted to present herself in a way. So wherever that takes her, takes her. That's yeah, it's just exactly. so interesting how. Same environment, diff- same. Diff- every, yeah, yeah. And they all are just so different. Yeah, they 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 come in with a personality. Yeah, you, they come in with a nature personality, nature, whatever you want to yeah. refer to it as. And so remember, though, like when people are listening to this, there's there's you who's in there, and then there's the human experience that you have, and the human experience is a personality. It's a nature. It's a dharma. Whatever word makes sense for you. So it's a natural path for you to go out there that you're going to be doing this with, right? Even when I was visiting with with Michael Singer, right, he he was very clear and like, yeah, everyone's got their own nature. We were walking down the road, and he's like, yeah, it's I have a very nature. I'm very introspective. I'm very private. I'm a very private person and that's part of his whole thing. That's why he doesn't do interviews or ask for different things. And cause we were talking about that. I'm like, how does spirituality nature and all those different things? And he's like, yeah, people have their own nature, their own personalities. It's just 
don't do the personality or own nature for enhancing the self-identity, which most people have done is created a self-identity of who they think they are. So they see the world that way. And that's how they interact with the world, which is based on their concept, except for their, except, uh, instead of their, their natural kind of nature or their personality. One more question. Yeah. Okay. What has each of your children taught you? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Uh, Well, the first thing that I would that I would answer this way is that they uh, they're structural components of things they've taught me, but really um, how to truly love unconditionally. Like I've probably felt that way for um, some humans, and I've probably felt that way for some dogs. But when it's your kids, is a different type of unconditional love. I can't, and I'm not saying it's bad or good or different. It's just a different type of love. And so what I, what I always equate that to is like, well, if I can feel that for them, why can't I feel that for everybody? And so they've really taught me that, that whole form of compassion. Um, and also to really unconditionally love something where like they could do, and I really mean that, like they could do anything and you still love them. It's kind of like, you know, you have dogs, your dogs could chew on things and do things. They might not be happy about what they did, but you're not going to stop loving them. Right. Right. And so it's like that really taught you that unconditional love. Uh, it also taught me, um, how difficult parenting is. I mean, I'm serious. Like how actually people don't talk about how difficult parenting is, it is one of the most challenging, difficult things that you will go through. There's finances. I mean, fortunately we're in a situation where that's not as big of a problem, but earlier on in our lives it was right. But, um, you know, you know, there's finances around there. There's, you know, making sure you're in alignment with your partner, whoever you have kids with, you know, whether they're adopted or not, like how do you uh, make sure your alignment's there so it forces you and your partner to actually sit down and make sure that you're teaching the same things. If there's different alignments there, like who teaches what, right? It's um, it's dealing with their personalities of how the, everyone is completely different. It's dealing with how you parent. It's dealing with the pressures of how other people are, you know, most people feel like that, how the pressures of other people are parenting there. It's just really difficult. It's nothing just, like people tell you it is. they're sick and making sure that you keep them alive. Well, like well, that's, that's like they that's just the don't die. Go to, yeah. No, seriously. Like it's just like, you know, it's just make sure they don't they're not dead, right? Seriously, you're actually trying to keep them alive and 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 then you know, you it, it teaches you it's just real people you know, it's just very difficult. It's wonderful. I always talk about it as like a like a cloud happiness, like a like a fog happiness. Whereas like there may be some lightning bolts in there, but there's always a fog around there in a good way of like your love and your joy for it. But there's a lot of bolts. Like there's a lot of things that you cannot control them on. They mm-hmm. just do and, and and act in crazy ways or pull your emotions in different ways and do different things. Uh, so I say that because it's taught you hard, but it's also given me an opportunity to really let go of needing to be a certain person for them. Letting go, except for structurally, right? Those mechanical things that you'd be and just showing up authentically with unconditional love so that you, um, but I'm not trying to be anybody for them. I'm not trying to be a, you know, a, um, like a savior or a, a larger figure for them. I'm just showing up as another human interacting with another human because it's really hard. And if you try to put a bunch of emphasis or try to hold on the different stages of that, you start attaching your identity to different things. Like every stage is beautiful in that way. Um, so I think your, your, your kids will teach you, um, how, just how difficult that can be. Also, they also teach you is how much time you had before. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah, they teach you how to be, from what I've heard, they teach you how to be incredibly productive Yes. 
and very good with your time. Yeah, you have to. Because you have to be. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And you're in the middle of it. And I also, um, this is just a, a, a more inner reflection that Sarah and I go through, which is to also be really present in the moment with them. Mm. Because it, there's so many things going on that you can just get caught up with. I just need to get through this day. I always talk about that. That really comes from parenting. Because I think a lot of people go, oh, my kids are going everywhere. So I just need to get through this day. It's going to tell I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to miss the day. You're going to miss the interaction. You're going to miss the little moments. And you know what I've also, that also taught me is that on that thread, that it's the little moments that, that have you putting stock in the experience or the margin happens from the conversation. It's like, it's not like needing to be some special resort that we're at fun experiences, but the best experience that we've ever had, um, is when we've put more stock in experience, camping, like real things or being outside or walking down to, I like, I walk every morning to bring my kids to the bus and it's like a 10 minute walk mm-hmm. and I hold their hands and we talk or like that when you're putting your kids to bed, everyone has their special moments. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say like it's that time going to school, they have an like I go and pick up my kids from swim purposefully to have that alone time with them. So that I can ask them those deeper questions that it is. So it's, um, you know, I'm, I, as you're talking about that, I'm just reflecting a little bit on my childhood and realizing that all of the moments that like my, my siblings and I will talk about like, Oh, remember that time? You yeah. know, all that stuff, all of those have nothing to do with any vacations that we took, mm-hmm. have nothing to do with like a big party that we hosted. It's literally just like, remember that random Tuesday yeah. during this middle of the summer and yeah. we were out in the fields yeah. doing whatever. It was like literally just the everyday. I think, I think that's a wonderful example. I think part of it is because you go on vacation, you have this expectation that the, ex- the vacation is going to give you a higher level of experience or like mm-hmm. it's going to touch you differently and it doesn't. That's why people get let down or they may go there and they're like, oh, I'm so turned on. This is amazing. And like, I need to be there. And you just caught up in the whole thing. But most people go there and especially with kids are interacting vacation are going through there and they're like, wow, it's just a, I need a vacation from the vacation, vacation yeah. instead of, so it's like, stop putting so much stock in all of that and actually put stock in the experience of that moment that you're with your kid. You're holding in their hand. You're looking them in the eye. You're having that real conversation. They're sick and you can have that victim language conversation with them. Those type of experiences, they taught me, why don't we do that? in all aspects of our life, right? To enjoy, and that's why I go back to the basis of our teachings, which is, this goes for anybody, my kids, schools, this is what I, what I, what I teach, which is just, you know, really be joyful for everything that you have and gratitude for every experience that you have, because it's better than looking in Mars, right? It's, as far as we know, this is the best planet to be on. There's something happening (laughs) at every single moment. It's better than looking at the turtleback, you know, rocks and Mars that they found, which is not a very attractive sight. (laughs) <laughs> anything else you want to add about no i about think the kid conversation yeah i think again use use this as a conversation and if anything if this sparks you to just you know be a little closer or, or pick up the phone if your kids are older and just ask them questions right ask them about you know get real with their questions real with with themselves and real with you and you know i think story worth is a really good thing to do for your parents which is basically they email your your parents or whoever you set up with it a question every single week and they answer it about them like just things that i'm pulling out of there that i never have known about my parents and i'm like wow that's really cool i didn't yeah. know you worked there i didn't know you do that and you you just kind of i have- was gonna say if you don't have kids you can take these questions and yes. ask your parents or yes. ask your grandparents or yeah because you never know when it's going to, you're not right. going to be able to ask it, right? You just don't know um, in this lifetime. So uh, use this as a framework to spark a conversation, to spark an idea, to spark a little bit more intimacy with whoever that means, to, um, you know, to, to spark a larger conversation that gets to the heart of why we're all here anyways. 
Hey, thanks for hanging with Hallie and I today and for listening to the show. However, if you are interested in getting a short email from me in your inbox each Tuesday when a new episode drops, you can. These emails are super short. I just cover whatever I happen to be thinking about each week, whether that's an article or a quote I've shared, a book I've read, or a new product that I'm loving. Plus info on the latest episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If that sounds like something you want to check out, we'd love you to. Just go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash email.